Welcome to our home for Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, the weekly podcast of Soul Shepherding Incorporated. We're excited to share with you a mini-series of life-changing thoughts from Dallas Willard, who entered eternal glory on May 8, 2013. This series of podcasts are inspired by Dallas's recent book, Life Without Lack, and his biography. I was blessed to be personally mentored by Dallas over a number of years. He coached me in applying his teaching to my personal life and our ministry to pastors and leaders. Thanks for joining our conversations with Christ, our Good Shepherd. Christy, we've been having such a wonderful discussion on when ministry-aholics relax with Jesus that we needed to do a part two. We did. So we're going to continue this discussion here, and uh, glad to have you tuning in with us again, trusting that the Lord will meet you here and minister his peace to you. And you've even said that now you've, and I've, I've seen this, you've acquired an appetite for rest. Yeah, and every Sabbath day recalibrates me on that. Usually I'll lay on the couch, and I, usually I, I stretch myself to get bored and to just feel that kind of a restlessness and just stay with that and get to the other side and find that, no, there's peace here. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, I don't have to accomplish something. I can just rest. And uh, so it's good for the soul. In uh, Becoming Dallas Willard, there's a, a great section here near the end where I put my own title on this section, Disciplines for Dallas's Workaholism. Gary Moon calls it a bumbling effort at best, and he's talking about Dallas beginning to learn the disciplines. But you get the, the sense of how Dallas dealt with his type A-ness, his ambition, his capacity to think and to work and to accomplish things. This is great here. As he would say to Jane on occasion, when she would walk in on him lying down on the couch or sitting under a tree, I know it may look like I'm not doing anything, but I'm actually working. (laughs) (laughs) One of his favorite pieces of advice for his students was, if you reach an impasse on your dissertation, go sit under a tree for a day and it will come to you. Mm. And see that, that uh, do nothing, don't try to make anything happen. That was the advice he gave to this small group of pastors I was in on the, in the monastery retreat, uh, which scared them to death <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're mostly younger pastors and they knew what I did. I was a soul shepherd. And so when the silence began, 24 hours of silence to do nothing and don't make anything happen. They all came huddling around me and said, Bill, Bill, you know how to do this. <laughs> Help us. What, what, what do we do? And so I said, well, yeah, you probably want to do something to help you do nothing. So I talked to them about meditation and breath prayers from the Bible and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, Dallas practiced doing nothing in solitude. It was a really important discipline for him he taught me in uh, one of our conversations as we were talking about my ministry to pastors as well as just my own life. And he said uh, to me, yeah, well, the problem with uh, Sabbath today for anyone, but especially pastors, is that the culture just doesn't support it. It says you can't go directly to Sabbath today. Nobody can. Mm-hmm. You have to practice solitude first. And until you're well-trained in solitude and silence, and you can get past the jitters and the antsiness and the boredom and find yourself at peace, that you haven't come to the annihilation of yourself. There, there's a new self here that's emerging in Christ, a, a relational self. And until 
you really learn that, and that takes a lot of training over time and working through the the emotions that that come up and being unhooked from your accomplishments and what people think about you and all of your work. So, honey, you know, let's speak to the person who's type A and who is really likes that. You know, it feels good. It feels empowering to move fast and accomplish a lot and be doing so many things and be admired for it. It's reinforcing. And you used to feel that. You used to feed off of that. And so why would they want to change? I mean, obviously, it's easy from my position because it's been, it's made you to be such a wonderful husband and father and disciple of Jesus. And I've seen the fruitfulness. I've seen the growth in you and your character. But, you know, some people might look at Dallas and say, well, you know, how much more could he have gotten done if he didn't make that change? Or um, some people might look at you and, and they're they're kind of disarmed by you and by Dallas and that change you guys made. And they, they kind of feel like, yeah, I just can't really relate to the calmness and the peace in their body. And I'm not even sure I would want that. Well, when shalom is the guard of your heart, there is a relaxedness and a, a rejoicing. There's a contentment and, and there's a power and great wisdom that emerges. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I think the two things, well, probably three things that help me keep recalibrating around Sabbath rest and uh, the, the training in solitude and silence that deepens true resting in God is I see the impact that it has on you and our kids and other people in my life that when I'm able to be really emotionally present mm-hmm. to them, that when people thank me for ministering to them, it's more common than my books or ideas or teachings uh, or creativity is, uh, well, you, you, know, you listen to me. I just felt like you didn't have another care in the world. Uh, I felt like I was the only person on the planet and you were just tuned in to me. Uh, or the, the way you prayed for me, I, I felt a sense of God's presence. It's, it's personal things. Uh, and even when we're, we go and preach a message or teach a class, it's not usually so much the ideas, the things that we say that are like deeply impactful as much as it is the sense of presence. Uh, the person that we are. And so that person that we are needs to be formed, and that formation happens in the, the quiet spaces and being unplugged. So, so I just remind myself of that, that my most important ministry is to the people right around me, and it's, uh, it, it really means setting aside my, my best gift, my best gift of writing, of counseling, of leading. Teaching. Uh, teaching, setting aside that best gift, and, and just being with people as a soul friend. So I remind myself of that, and then you know, really, just the the peace and joy. Dallas always says that the disciplines are self validating. That when when you do them in the spirit of Jesus, meaning you know, in submission to God and in a relational way, as medicines for our soul, not as righteousness. When we do the disciplines in that way, they are self validating. They they help us. They bless us. They nourish us. Uh, we we have contentment and satisfaction. So that reminds me of that. And then the other thing is that I find that even though it is disruptive, you know, I, I was on a roll uh, Friday and Saturday, and for part of Saturday I was doing some work on this Methods for Hearing God's Voice booklet. And uh, you know, then it, it came time for. I said, our night we're going to be with some friends. And so had to, you know, in the afternoon, set that aside. And then I'm, okay, now I'm going into Sabbath mode. 
and I, you know, I just had to just haul these papers out here on, yeah. the, on the desk yeah. that I'm working on, thinking about, and, and writing. And it's difficult to break that momentum. And yet, I know that it's good for my loved ones. As, as I said, it's good for my own soul. But I also know that even though it doesn't feel like it, it's really good for my productivity. Mm. Because when I just keep working, I start to get locked into yeah. my own thinking, even though I'm trying to depend on the Lord. Mm-hmm. But to interrupt that with a time of rest, a time of prayer, a time of relaxing, uh, new ideas, new energies come flowing in. Mm-hmm. And I get to practice that, you know, it's not really, the main thing is not what I'm writing here. It's what the Lord is writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I get a different view watching you. I, I think you're happier. I think you're more alive. I think you are more present. That transition from working to the rest of your life it comes more smoothly. It used to be that hours after you stopped working, you were still mentally in your work. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not that way anymore now that you've learned that. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, preaching pastors, uh, and especially their spouses, talk about the sermon head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, your head is just swimming mm-hmm. with ideas for what you're going to speak on. And it's, it's hard to get out of that before the sermon. And then after the sermon, of course, the, you know, the Monday blues. Mm. You, you put so much of yourself out there, all this time, all this energy, your heart, your creativity, your ideas, your prayers. And then it's like, well, what difference did it make? How, how did it help people? And yeah. and we can get pretty insecure and anxious about that. And we can start judging ourselves. And, uh, and even if it goes well and people love it, it, that's like a high. Well, we can get attached to the praise and we can get attached to the criticism if you hear just one negative comment. Yeah, both sides of it. That's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah, and they go together. Mm-hmm. If you're attaching to the praise, then you're going to attach to the criticism mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so unplugging from that because that just sets up a roller coaster of highs and lows. And so that's always part of that that Monday uh, deflation that the preaching pastor can feel or anybody, you know, leading, leading a, a Bible study or, or a small group. You know, you speak in front of a group of people. Or you lead a group and you accomplish something great. There's adrenaline with that. There's mm-hmm. excitement at the ministry accomplishment. And these are good things. They're not, they're not bad things. But the problem is we can start to depend on that mm-hmm. for our identity and for our esteem and our well-being. And that then creates this cycle. And so we need to recalibrate in Sabbath rest, 24 hours, no work, You know, stay off of social media, stay out of even big house projects, it's so easy for us type A people to just trade one form mm-hmm. of work for another. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's just, what you need to like nap and you need to like get bored and take a slow walk and these kinds of things that are very much non-productive. Yeah. And that's been a learning for me too, to not try to just re-engage you in work that I'm waiting for your energy to <laughs> be available to. And I'm sure that other, others would relate to that too. So when we are ministry-aholics, we need to learn to relax. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always remember the just disarming and delightful conversation I had with Dallas where uh, he said to me, Bill, what is one word you'd use to describe Jesus? Mm-hmm. And it was this long pause, and uh, I was like, wow, well, uh, uh, Lord, uh, Savior, uh, holy, uh, love, uh, 
teacher, you know, I'm just rattling off these words. And uh, then I'm, I'm like looking over at Dallas. I wonder what his word is. <laughs> relaxed. Such a shock. <laughs> Jesus is relaxed. You know, if anybody besides Dallas would have said that, I just probably would have laughed. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's ridiculous. Yeah. But because Dallas said it, yeah. and I, you know, my mentor and the author of The Divine Conspiracy and the ways that God had used him, and I, I knew that this guy was a powerhouse of thinking and accomplishment for God. And that's the word he uses for Jesus. So I think I need to go back and study the life of Jesus some more and pay attention to this. And that was part of what led into the book, Your Best Life in Jesus, Easy Yoke. And I open it with that story with Dallas, you know, the, the one word. And it's been fun to see some other people pick up that story uh, in their books and blogs and, and so forth. Jesus is relaxed, you see. And that's really what this whole conversation is about. You know, if you're someone that's, that's busy, that gets stressed, if you're someone that's productive at work or in ministry, what would it be like to submit that energy, that drive, uh, all the things that you're juggling, all the things that are important to you, caring for your kids in your home and, and having a, a nice hospitable home for guests to come to, uh, all the things that we're doing with our time to take that and say, okay, I'm not going to hurry. I'm not going to just push, push, push and make stuff happen here. I am going to learn how to live at the pace of Jesus and walk in cadence with him and get in that easy yoke and learn to relax as I do the work. You see, probably none of us can do it perfectly and continually. Certainly I can't. We slip out of the yoke. And so, you know, we need to get back in. But Jesus shows us how because he, he did it perfectly. And it, it's a learning process. And that's really what we're after. It's solitude and silence. They're worthless and pointless in and of themselves. Quiet time, scripture meditation, any spiritual discipline we would do. I, I wrote a devotional a while ago, spiritual disciplines are dung, coming out of Philippians 3, because it doesn't mean anything in and of itself. It doesn't make God happy because we do those things. We're, we're taking our medicine. And so the, the point is uh, becoming a more loving person who is devoted to the Lord and serving the people around you. And so how do we do that? See, and so we do those disciplines to change and become a different kind of person. And uh, fundamental in all that is having a, a Christ ambassador, people in the body of Christ that we share our lives with. And, and that's a big part of why we started Soul Shepherding is to be those Christ ambassadors for men and women in ministry. So a great example from Dallas's life of what we're talking about here is that Dallas never took a planned uh, formal retreat in the way we think of it today. Hmm. That might uh, surprise some of our listeners. What he did, he took retreats in a different way. In the course of his daily life, uh, he did it in a study, uh, sometimes for multiple hours at a time, while driving an hour or more in the car, uh, driving into USC where he was a philosophy professor, uh, while walking to his classes. I saw this. I heard him humming in the hallways of the mud hall. Uh, philosophy building at USC. I saw him walking in the monastery class down the, the uh, sidewalk through the Rose Garden with his hands behind his back and uh, smiling and taking in the sunshine and breathing in the fragrance of the flowers. Uh, Dallas liked to watch ducks by the lake because that was a good way to get bored. <laughs> and, and he liked to just take situations that would come up. Like one time he got snowed in while on a trip to Chicago. And he just took that time for prayer and meditation and 
Uh, he especially liked to memorize scripture. He took a number of long plane flights when he would travel to speak on the East Coast or South Africa, other places in the world. And he would fast while he was on the plane. And he would meditate on scriptures that he's memorized and just marinate his mind in the Word of God. And in fact, he did that kind of thing all the time before he, he spoke. I, I observed that. Mm-hmm. I observed as just spending so many thousands of hours listening to his talks over and over as we've done. I came to realize, you know, he, he always brings in a scripture passage. Sometimes it's not even obviously related to his talk. But he just starts talking about this passage and, and sharing these amazing insights and gleanings. And sometimes he starts crying when he does it. And there's mm-hmm. just this real palpable sense of like, Jesus is, is here. He's in the room and he's, he's talking to me as I'm listening to Dallas. I was like, how does he do that? And I started realizing, you know what he's doing? He's taking scripture passages, usually whole chapters that he's memorized, and he's just freshening on them, nourishing himself before he gives a talk. And then he serves what he's cooking, mm-hmm. which he learned from uh, Richard Baxter, the, the yeah. great pilgrim pastor and the reformed pastor. And so he serves what he's cooking and he shares that with his audience. So I asked him one day, I said, Dallas, is that what you're doing? <laughs> he said, yeah, it is. You, you figured it out. And so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I've done too. But, but the point here is there's just all these different retreats yeah, that Dallas is showing us. They're built into his life. Mm-hmm. See, we've got to grow beyond the quiet time daily Bible reading concept. It's a great thing. For some people, it works all their life long. We all need to learn that in the, in the beginning of our journey with Jesus, but most of us need to get some other disciplines in there and some other ways of, of taking in the scripture and praying and especially uh, incorporating it into our daily life. So we are been talking with you about ministryaholics, finding rest in Jesus. The easy yoke is available for our daily life and our daily work and Uh, If you are a type A charger like me, if you're a busy person that can get stressed with all the stuff you're trying to manage and uh, that's affecting your spouse, uh, your kids, the people that you work with, uh, I hope that you're gleaning from this podcast and I hope that the Lord is talking to you that you can learn to rest and you actually are going to be more productive. It's the, the abiding energy as one of my uh, type A achieving friends says, uh, the abiding energy he's, he's learned from praying with me and praying with me before getting some work done, that that's the better way. Slow it down, tune into God's presence, and don't just push and strain to make something happen, but, but get in that yoke with Jesus and let him pull the plow, uh, the heavier load on his shoulder, and just keep in cadence with him. It's... The best life in Jesus' easy yoke. God, we just thank you. It is so good that we belong to you through Jesus. You have chosen us. Lord, I just thank you for each one listening, each man, each woman, uh, Lord, each hard-driving leader who's listening, their spouse who's listening. Lord, comfort us in the places where we're hurting, where we're empty, where there's, there's conflict because of these personality differences, where there's unmet needs. Uh, Give us a vision, Lord, life with Jesus and your kingdom and this easy yoke that really is possible. And it's a more fruitful life, even a more productive ministry when we are in cadence with you. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
If you want to learn more about life and ministry with Jesus in the kingdom of God, consider Soul Shepherding's Institute in Spiritual Formation and Soul Care. In four week-long retreats over two years, we unpack the insights we've learned from Dallas Willard and others, along with our many years of ministry as doctors of psychology. Our retreats happen in a community of pastors and leaders. They feature guided soul talk, meditation on scripture, and quiet space in the beauty of God's creation. You can also earn a certificate in spiritual direction ministry. To learn more, visit soulshepherding.org.